Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks very much for tuning in. If you've been online at all in the last few days, you have likely seen a really popular article being circulated and retweeted and posted all over the place. It is called Prepare for the Ultimate Gaslighting, and it appeared on the online publication Medium. In the piece, the author shares his frustration and fears about life after the pandemic. And in the first few sentences, he writes that, quote, Pretty soon, as the country begins to figure out how we open back up and move forward, very powerful forces are going to try to convince us all to get back to normal. Billions of dollars will be spent on advertising, on messaging, and television and media content to make you feel comfortable again. It will come in the traditional forms, a billboard here, a hundred commercials there, and in new media forms to remind you that what you want, again, is normalcy. In truth, you want the feeling of normalcy, And we all want it. The piece has been read by more than 17 million people. It struck a chord with so many of us that we wanted to talk about that and figure out why. Joining us for this conversation is the man behind the article, writer and film director, Julio Vincent Gambudo. Julio, welcome to Detroit Today. Hi, Stephen. Thanks for having me. Good morning. Absolutely. So this piece came out on April 10th. Tell us a little bit about where you were emotionally and mentally when you decided to write this story. Sure. So I live in New York City, and um, I have spent the last month alone, for all intents and purposes, uh, in my apartment. It's about uh, about maybe 600 square feet, maybe 500 or so. And uh, look, it's been a really hard experience, like it has been for so many people, and, uh, but I'm very usually very close to my family and very close to my friends. Uh, my boyfriend is out west in Los Angeles and lives out there. And I'm just used to moving and going and constantly being in motion and, uh, and spending a lot of time with people. And um, last week, my family is very close. I I'm, grew up on Staten Island in New York City. And my family is very close to the community. I'm very close to the community. And we lost you know, five people that we know. And uh, it just happened day after day last week. Wow. And it was devastating. And, um, you know, I think I was just in a very dark place, my personally, um, isolated and, and by myself. And, and what I do in those moments is I write, you know, I write about how I feel and I write about uh, that helps me to process what's going on in my life. And um, so I just started as a Facebook post, and it got a little bit too long <laughs> for Facebook. <laughs> so I decided to put it on Medium, and uh, and it just blew up. I mean, it, it became something that my friends shared and their friends shared, and you know, within about twenty four or forty eight hours or so, it was it was all over the world. Yeah. So you told one of our producers that what one of the things that happened in this moment was you got a promotional email from retailer J Crew that kind of sent you over the edge. Talk about that ad and why you think it had that effect. Sure. Um, you know, look, I love J. Crew. Everything I wear is from J. Crew. <laughs> and uh, I've been a loyal consumer of J. Crew. And, uh, and I woke up that morning on Friday to an email in my inbox about, you know, sweaters or something, some, some sort of sale that they were having. And, um, and, and it just, it's the type of thing that sort of just pushed me that you know, second further, that centimeter forward to write about that frustration, because, you know, one of the things that I think makes me very cautious 
as a consumer and as a citizen in the next few months and the next year is is this kind of massive blitz that I think is coming from brands and government and, and frankly, each other to some extent that says, hey, this wasn't a big deal. It was not as bad as you remember. It wasn't horrible. Let's just go back to normal as we know it. And I think that normal has changed, and, and it's okay that it's changed, right? It's okay if we are changed by it. And it, it makes me question, you know, who are we as a country if we're not changed by this? This is a big deal. Mm. And, uh, and, you know, it's my hope that, that it will cause and, and that it will change us for, for good. So, so one of the interesting things about this issue that you're raising is where the line is between. Mm-hmm. So J. Crew sends uh, an email promoting the idea of a sale and kind of anticipating this idea that, look, this is all going to pass and we're all going to have to wear clothes yeah. and look stylish again someday because uh, this is this is this is America and we're going to get back to yeah. life the way it, it should be, which, as you point out in your piece, is some of what we are all feeling inside. Uh, of course. Yeah. Uh, but, but what's the line between just kind of reminding people of that and, and celebrating the idea that perhaps things could get back to normal and exploiting the, the, the moment yeah. to try to kind of take advantage and, and, as you point out, downplay what we've been through and try to dismiss the, the yeah. profound sense of loss that I think yeah. all of us are feeling. I mean, you're, you're absolutely right that things could never go back to exactly the way they are because they're going to be all kinds of people who just yeah. aren't here, right? They're mm. gone. Absolutely. Um, you know, 29,000 of them as of this morning. Exactly. Right? Uh, so it's just very hard to know, I think, where, where the distinction is and what, yeah. what the line drawing should look like here. And I think, Stephen, that they're, look, we are all human beings, even all of the people who work at J. Crew and work at these companies and work at these brands or who advertise for them or who work surround them, they want to do the right thing, right? I think that I'm under no delusion that it's some sort of like, you know, malicious, vile, out to get you. But that's how it feels sometimes. And I think that what, you know, what people want to know from the companies they trust, the people they trust, the government they trust, we're just looking for authenticity, right? We're just looking for you uh, as a brand, as a company, as a government to be straight with us, to acknowledge what's going on, to even say, hey, we don't know the way forward yet, but we're going to work together to figure that out. Mm-hmm. And um, so to me, you know, sending me an email four or five weeks ago saying, hey, go wash your hands, and then following it up with email after email about your sale, um, <laughs> that's, that's just troubling to me. And it, it doesn't mean that um, the person hitting the button uh, you know, on the, uh, the other end is an evil person. It just means that we as consumers have to just take note, right? We just have to be cautious. We have to keep our eyes open. We have to be willing and able to take a deep breath and think about where we put our money going forward, where we put our time going forward, where we put our clicks going forward. Mm. You know, all of that adds up. And I think that it's important to realize that, you know, look, I walk around every day the same way, thinking that like, oh, what I do, this is not that significant. And I have two sisters, and they both have three children. And, you know, I'll 
you know, we all talk about this. It's like, well, yeah, I would love to recycle more, but I don't have the time. And I would love to be able to drive less and not take the car, but I just don't really have the time. And we're all saying the same thing. It doesn't matter your political party. It doesn't matter your ethnicity. It doesn't matter your background, what state you're in. I mean, we're all feeling the same way, which Mm -hmm. is that we'd love to do more good in the world. Mm -hmm. We just don't feel like we have the time to do it. And um, maybe that's selfish, and maybe that's just my opinion or my my way of looking at it. Um, Or maybe I personally just haven't taken the time. But I think this is a moment for all of us to really take a deep breath and take the time to think thoughtfully and deeply about how we want to go forward and how do we want to come out the other end. My guest is Julio Vincent Gambudo. He's a writer and film director. He wrote the now viral medium piece called Prepare for the Ultimate Gaslighting. It uh, takes a look at the way that retailers, for instance, are treating the coronavirus pandemic, the opportunity that they might see on the other side of this to encourage us to get back to normal. But, of course, the question is, what does normal look like? What should it look like after something so significant and so tragic has happened in our world? If you want to join the conversation, give us a call and tell us what your reaction is to retailers and other businesses maybe spamming your inbox right now. What are your thoughts on how businesses and the economy is being covered and talked about during this coronavirus pandemic, both by the media and politicians? And give us an idea of what you think normal should look like when this is over? Are we just going to go back to the kind of consumerism, for instance, that defined American culture for such a long time after this is over? Or should we be thinking about ways to get back to a newer normal, a different normal, where some of the priorities that we have might be different? Also give us a call and tell us how you are thinking specifically about what life should look like after the coronavirus pandemic? Are there things in your life that you've decided you want to change because of what this reminds you of, the kind of mortality that uh, we're all thinking about because of this? Also, give us an idea of what you think should change. What should change in your life? What should change in the lives of the people around you because of this? As always, here on uh, 1019 WDET, the number is 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page and put comments there. Or you can go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today. And uh, we'll work you into the conversation. Also, as always right now, we are taking your calls just to hear how you're doing. How are you getting through all of this? How are you getting through the losses that so many of us are experiencing because of the coronavirus? How are you getting through all of the changes in our lives, the way that things have just shut down and cut us off from each other? Uh, We want to make sure that uh, this is a forum for those of us who want to, to connect with each other in a way that we really can't physically in the world anymore. And we want to make sure that uh, we're hearing from you, our listeners, about how you are doing. So again, 313-577-1019 is the number on the phones. Uh, Before we get to listeners, Julio, I want to ask about the reaction to this article. 17 million people have read it. That is a staggering number. Uh, were you surprised that people uh, were found this so powerful? Uh, well, 
I'm floored. <laughs> I'm definitely floored by the number, that's for sure. Um, you know, I've posted to medium.com uh, a number of times, and uh, it's mostly been read by my small circle. So uh, it's been overwhelming. Um, but, you know, I think it resonated across the world for a reason, and not the least of which is that people are home and they actually have time to read a 2,000-word essay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, again, 313-577-1019 is the number on the phones. Let's go to Bill in Bloomfield. Bill, welcome to the program. Yes, good morning, Stephen. How are you? Good. How are you? Just fine. Thank you. Um, I have not read the article, but I've had very similar ideas. Uh, I don't want to go back to normal. The values that we've been living by, not only in this country but worldwide, are not good values. We let people die when we know how to cure them, or we let them die from starvation when we know how to feed them. We have uh, poor schools in Detroit and beautiful schools in Bloomfield. Uh, on and on and on. So what I want to do, what I hope will happen, is that this will be the impetus for all of us to take a look at the way we've been living, what values we've been living by, and decide to make some real changes and Hmm. uh, do something that's like just and fair and reasonable. Hmm. So, Bill, uh, I I wonder, I think there's a a really beautiful thought. I, I wonder what that means for you. And and if you've started to think what that might mean for you after all of this is over, when we when we are through the pandemic, what will be different? It doesn't mean much for me. I'm 79. <laughs> it's never too uh, late. And I, and I never thought I'd. Bill, live. you got like 40 years left on this planet, my friend. <laughs> I'm, well, I'm hoping. I'm hoping. Uh, but but uh, I I have grandchildren. I have children. And and uh, and. And I'd like to think that eventually we're going to get some to some kind of a just, reasonable, fair world. I'm a retired attorney. Hmm. I, I, be, I believe in justice. And uh, I think we all know what it's about. We all know where it's at. And we all know that the, the money and the power that goes with the money has taken over the whole world. Yeah. And we need, we need to take it back from them. Yeah, Bill, I, just, I really appreciate the call and, and you sharing your thoughts. Uh, Julio, I wonder what you're hearing from people who are reading the article and, and reacting about this idea of rethinking their lives or rethinking the way that we relate to each other in, in, in the world. I'm hearing a lot, and uh, I'm very grateful that people are getting in touch. And um, it's, I think, you know, 99% of those emails and messages and text messages and Facebook messages and has been very positive and very much asking, okay, well, what do we do now? You know, I, I understand what you're saying. What am I supposed to be doing? How can I help? And I think that that is uh, a sign that people are, are feeling very powerless in their day-to-day. And um, I think there's sort of um, this, this idea, in our country at least, that you always have to be doing something big. You have to constantly be doing something big to get your voice heard. And I don't think that that's true. You know, I think that we have to recognize that if I make changes in my life and you make changes in your life and your family watches you do that, so they make changes in their life. And, you know, there's a reason they call it viral, right? (laughs) It's like, it's, um, if a virus can spread this fast, so can good and Mm. so can change and 
we don't always have to be on the 7 o'clock news to make our point. I think we can use our money wisely. We can use our clicks wisely. We can use our time and our vote for sure wisely to make sure that, you know, we are uh, a member of a chorus. Mm. Yeah. Uh, Dave on Twitter writes, I'm worried about aggressive car sales campaigns that will vilify public transit and promote car ownership as the safer alternative to the spread of COVID. Car ownership and insurance is not attainable by everyone, and it shouldn't be a requirement to reach work. That's a really interesting dimension of this, right? I mean, there, there are going to be all kinds of people, I think, who figure that their product is in a better position to be marketed because of COVID, cars being being perhaps superior to the idea of buses because there's only one person perhaps in your car or a few people as opposed to, to dozens. Uh, Julie, I wonder what you make of, of those kinds of moves by not just retailers, but, but by, by industries to say, hey, life should look like this because of the coronavirus. Yeah, you know, look, we have to be careful, right? Those are jobs, right? So no matter what we're talking about across industry, um, you know, from top to bottom, I think people are thinking thoughtfully and, and want to be thinking thoughtfully. Um, but, I, you know, I think, and I don't mean to bring California in uh, and hold it up too high, but California has done an incredible job of, of reducing smog, right? They, um, they, when I moved there, I lived there in 2000, you could barely see the hills or the tall buildings and public policy made a difference, you know, getting a policy on the books about, um, you know, exactly how and, 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 uh, uh, and where our, our cars could be and, and exactly how we can regulate that. You know, being responsible is not necessarily overreaching all the time. You know, being responsible about the environment, you could, we can still make the same things if we, you know, if they're, if they're serving us, if they're doing right by us. Um, but putting policies on the books that allow our air to be cleaner and allow us to uh, to be a little bit more in line with each other and with the world we live in is not a bad thing. Okay, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to continue this conversation with Julio Gambuto about life after the pandemic, what it should look like, what uh, businesses might want us to have it look like, and what we should be deciding about the way we relate to each other and the world. Stay with us and stay with us on the phones. Benjamin in East Point, Paula in Southwest Detroit. We'll get to you next as well. If you want to join them, 313-577-1019 is the number on the phones. We'll be right back with more Detroit Today. You're listening to Detroit Today on 1019 WD. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, I'm really glad you've joined us. My guest is Julio Vincent Gambuto. He's a writer and film director and wrote the now viral medium piece called Prepare for the Ultimate Gaslighting. I'm talking with him about the way in which the world will come back together 
after the coronavirus pandemic. What will normal be? Will it be the way retailers imagine that we'll go right back to the kind of consumerism that we were indulging before this happened? Or should the world be coming back together in a different way? Should we be thinking a little more deeply about what our priorities are, how we conduct our lives, and especially how we relate to one another? As always, the number here on the phones, if you want to join the conversation, is 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page and to Twitter Put comments there, and we'll work you in. Uh, let's go to Benjamin in East Point. Benjamin, welcome to the program. Thank you for having me. Sure. All right, so one of the things that I've really been adamant about, even prior to this, but even more now, is uh, I refuse to purchase anything from any multinational company, so like Walmart, Amazon, anything like that that doesn't pay taxes in the United States, mm. I'm good. I'm not going to contribute to your wealth and i mean these these types of situations a company like amazon that doesn't pay any any taxes for 20 years or whatever i mean that's disgusting to me and listen benjamin i'm i'm in spirit with you absolutely i will confess that i'm like many people really dependent on on amazon because of its convenience and the idea that all kinds of things can just arrive at the house without me having to go out. But but you're right that that there are consequences to that choice that that further things that I don't agree with and don't and don't believe in. And I think that's that's part of what uh, what all of us struggle with in our lives generally. Right, uh, all of the choices that we make don't always line up with the things that uh, that we say we believe. And so I'm, I'm glad you you called and, and pointed that out. Julio Gambuto, I wonder what your reaction is to, to Benjamin. Well, you know, I think what you just said is really important, that, um, you know, not all of our actions always line up with the things that we believe. And, you know, my, my take on that, frankly, just from understanding the way that my life has been led for the last few years, is I think time is a real problem. I think we're not, as a culture, taking the time to do the things that we know we should be doing, right? Like, and it's not just about, um, you know, making sure that we take the time to, you know, do a yoga class, right? <laughs> it's about taking the time to research something before you retweet it or repost it. It's about taking the time to do, like, uh, like he's saying, you know, to, to do the research about where your money's going when you buy something on this site or on that site or from this company. And, and I think we make a lot of choices because it has to happen now. Mm -hmm. We want it now. We've gotten so used to the concept of it appearing at our door that we are willing to throw away who we're supporting, where we're supporting, whether that's a company, a country, whatever it is. You know, we're making those choices every day without even realizing them because we don't take the time and we don't have the time. And I think it's all part of the noise that I'm talking about in my essay. Um, and that noise comes at us from media. It comes at us from government. It comes at us from brands. It comes at us from my phone. You know, why don't I have an option on my text messages to auto reply hmm. that I don't have the, you know, I don't want to talk to you right now. <laughs> you know, like, like, why don't, there are things we can start to change that I think when you scale them up will make a very big difference in our lives. 
Um, and some of them are public policy and some of them are, you know, on a community level, some are national, but, you know, something like that, that just says, hey, I don't have to respond to your text message right now, is something that I think across the country, we would all just be able to take a little more time with our families, with the people that we love. I mean, look, we're learning it now, right? We're seeing it. Families have spent a month together now, some of whom have never spent this much time together. Yeah. I'm getting calls and emails from friends and family who have said, my husband's driving me nuts, you know? But so sometimes that time can be, you know, trying. But, <laughs> but the point is that they haven't sat down at the table together. Um, what I wouldn't give right now to sit at the table with my family, you know? Um, and look, every family is different, and you don't have to do that if it doesn't work for you. But the point is that, you know, we, we've been overwhelmed for years with the noise. Yeah. And now that we have a moment to take a deep breath, you know, we have to start to ask the questions, you know, are we willing to go back into the noise? Mm-hmm. Uh, again, thanks very much for the call, Benjamin. Let's go to Winnie in Lakeland, Florida. Winnie, welcome to the program. Thank you, Stephen. Good morning. And, um, and and it's just a lovely conversation this morning. And I agree with what the, the caller um, it is saying there. I'm a snowbird here in Lakeland, mm-hmm. and um, I um, hopefully will be able to come home and get across state lines sometime in May. But I, I, I miss my family and my friends because I'm all alone in the house. Mm-hmm. And I'm um, here and in this heat, hot weather, unable to get to a beach. But, you know, but I, I do want you to know, Stephen, you and WDET family, in terms of factual coverage, I, I applaud you. I get my information from NPR, WDET, PBS, and especially WDET. That's where I get my, and I appreciate you. No matter where I go in the world, I am listening to <laughs> Steve Henderson. Oh, well, that's very, that is very sweet of you to say, Winnie. I really do appreciate that. I wonder if you can tell us a little about um, what's happening with the people you know back here in Detroit. I know, I, I know a number of people who are in Florida or other places, uh, but have roots and connections back here in Detroit, and things here are, are so bleak. Uh, I wonder if you can share just a little of how your friends and maybe family are doing through all of this. It is it is very sad because I have lost um, over uh, 10 of my close friends. I have uh, several relatives um, in uh, New York and Georgia that have been sick, but thank God they've recovered. But in terms of of, um, losing friends and relatives, I have lost um, relatives to church and in my uh, organizations. And and just being here by myself, I'm, I'm just kind of grieving alone. Mm. And I just, I, I miss being able just to touch somebody and just hug them and say, I am sad. But, um, you know, um, I, I know in, in my heart and what I pray for that this will pass and it will be better. Yeah. Yeah. Winnie, I, I really appreciate your calling and, and sharing all of that. And, and I really do want to extend my condolences to you and, and your family and your friends about the loss. I mean, it's it's something that all of us <clears throat> are experiencing right now. And it is really hard to, I think, think consistently about a better day coming. But 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 it will. And, and we've got to kind of focus on that. Uh, Julio Gambuto, I wonder 
how you react to, to Winnie's thoughts here. Winnie, I want to be friends. <laughs> right? <laughs> Winnie, you can call me whenever you want, Winnie. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think Winnie, you know, I, I, my grandmother is 95 years old, and uh, uh, I know that's older than you, Winnie, um, but uh, she's in a loft uh, apartment above my mother's house. Hmm. She hasn't been able to see my mom in about three or four weeks. They, you know, they bring food up and that's it. And I think that the crisis is pointing out just how sad it is to be lonely. And, um, you know, I've gotten calls from friends who are not only my grandmother, but my single friends, my, you know, folks who live alone, people who have recently lost someone then they didn't lose to COVID, but that, that death was devastating anyway. Mm. And, um, and I think what we're seeing is we have a, a bit of a problem across the country with loneliness yeah. and, um, you it's, know, it's lack becoming, of connection. Yeah. I mean, it's so, it's so spotlighted by all of yeah. this because it's the kind of thing that people I think normally suffer through quite silently and yeah. now it's it's on much much higher display. Winnie, yeah, again. It's, on, it's on the steroids now, right? It's yeah. like it's it's like everything good and bad from uh, both ends of the spectrum. It's just sort of uh, amplified. Yeah, Winnie, again, thanks for the call, and we hope you make it back safely here to Detroit when uh, when you are ready to come home. Let's go to Paula in Southwest Detroit. Paula, welcome to the program. Thank you. Thanks for taking my call. Mm-hmm. Uh, I. I think what we're talking about uh, requires a real transformation of consciousness and systemic change in our society. And I would just like to encourage people to look on their uh, computer and look up the Earth Charter, which was published in 2000. And the key principles of the Earth Charter are respect and care for the community of life, ecological integrity, social and economic justice, and democracy, nonviolence, and peace. Mm. It's a very readable document, and I think it challenges us to transformation of consciousness that makes our whole Earth community a place where we can live in peace. Wow. Wow, Paula, that's a really beautiful thought to add to the conversation here. Thanks very much the call. Um, okay, Julio Gambuto, writer and film director, author of this now viral medium piece called Prepare for the Ultimate Gaslighting. It was really wonderful to have you here with us to have this conversation. Thanks very much. Thank you, Stephen. It was uh, a real privilege to be on the show. I appreciate it. Okay, that's going to do it for us this week. I will be back at 2 p.m. for a conversation about unemployment with experts who will answer your questions. We, of course, are getting lots and lots of questions from listeners about how unemployment benefits will work and about all of the uncertainty that surrounds jobs and the economy right now. That special edition of Detroit Today will be from 2 to 3 p.m. right here on 1019 WDET. This is WDET, Detroit's NPR station, your connection to news, music, and conversation. We'll talk again on Monday.